calling all my footy fans from all around the globe. Straight out of NYC, this is The Line Breaker. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to The Line Breaker. My name is Pano. I'm Dimitri, a.k.a. Juicy. And we're bringing you another episode, What's What, with the Premier League season so far. Look, it's four games in. Um, three games, depending on who you ask. And so far, a lot has gone down. I don't know. What do you think, Dimitri? So far, so good. A couple of surprises, but overall, it's an interesting start to the season. Look, there have been some big surprises, and we're going to get into that. But, of course, first off, look, I'm letting you know right now. I know usually I take the reins, right? I'm the alpha in this one. But uh, Dimitri wants to take the reins in this episode. I know he's got a lot of opinions so listen, I want Dimitri to express him. Express yourself, Dimitri. Well, let's start off by listing the top four. As expected, Man City's in first, Tottenham in second, Liverpool in third, and West Ham in fourth. No surprises really with Man City this season, uh, as we expected. Uh, do you have anything you want to input on Manchester City? Hey, listen, man. Business as usual for Manchester City. I mean... I don't think they've really done much wrong. Yeah, they've had some tough games. The Sheffield United game is definitely a good example. Um, but overall, look, I think it's just business as usual for, for the Sky Blues. Pretty much, I have to agree with you on that one. Uh, I think one of one of my surprises so far in the season is Tottenham, and they're currently in second. I think they've been playing great footy. Angeball, baby. Angeball is not back. I'm not going to say back. It's, it's been here. It's here. Great, great footy, convincing wins, and uh, was, there's a lot of uh, unknowns going into this season with a new manager, their best player departing the club, a lot of unknowns, and last year they didn't finish too well. So I think this year, first four games obviously still early, very, very good start to the season, and I think that's going to benefit them. They got a little head start early on. I think it's going to benefit them as the season goes on because... They don't have any uh, European games this year. No Europe, and I don't think either of us put them in our top six, right? Uh, I I didn't. Well, like I said, I'm not a betting man, so uh, obviously uh, I, I would not be doing well because so far, Tottenham's looking very good. They're scoring goals for fun. A Harry Kane-less Tottenham, mind you. They looked fantastic in their last game. They, I believe score finished 5-2. Their, uh, their last match? 5-2 against Burnley. And look, obviously, Burnley is both of... Oh, no, I'm sorry, just Juicy's relegation candidate. But still overall, you you just got to beat what's in front of you. And so far, Tottenham and Ange Postacoglu, my Greek brother, he's doing his thing right now. He's doing his thing in North London, and they're looking good. J- James Madison has been a great signing so far for them. Absolutely. And I, I, saw, a, um, I saw a tweet from uh, Ben Jacobs who is a, uh, a reporter. He was mainly based in England before. I believe he's somewhere else now. And he reported that Chelsea passed up on James Madison because uh, he was over 25 years old. Um, I, I guess Todd just is a big fan of the kids. So, uh, so yeah, passed up on a baller. James Madison's a baller, and I'm not surprised that he's going to be doing really well for Tottenham this season. Yep, so overall, Tottenham has had a great start. Should be interesting to see if they can keep it up throughout the entire season. But moving on to Liverpool, you know, it seems like uh, 
In my opinion, they've been a little shaky, but they've gotten the results they've wanted. Three wins and a draw, and the huge win against Newcastle with Van Dyke getting a red early in the game and managing to score two late goals to steal the three points. Well, listen, I mean, Liverpool, I think they've gotten a little lucky so far. I think they were lucky to only get a draw. Or I'm sorry, they were lucky that they got a draw against Chelsea. I think that Chelsea outplayed them in their opening match of the season. And look, I'm going to bring the stats out. You know how I am. Pan the stat man. No, never doing that again. And um, so far, according to understat.com and their expected goals and expected points table, Liverpool should be sixth right now. They have an overperformance on their expected points of three. So they're performing three points better off than they should be. So listen, I mean, I'm thinking... This Liverpool team might drop off a little bit. I still like them to do well. I'm just, I'm thinking that they've gotten a little lucky. That last match was crazy against Newcastle. What do you think about that one, Darwinio? The that was their second to last match, but uh, was that the second to last match? Yeah, they uh, they beat <clears throat> Aston Villa three zero. Ah, uh, yes, I almost I I tried to block all that stuff out of my head. You know, when usually when they're doing well, but look, they've been getting they've been getting the. The points they've been getting those that they need. Yep, they've been getting the results they need, and um, I just think I just think that Liverpool are a more fun, interesting club, and I think better off with Darwin in the starting eleven. Don't like how they alter the front three, but I think Darwin should be their full time number nine. Hey, uh, I want to say a couple episodes ago we said we're big fans of Darwin, so I mean I think we got in our Darwin stocks early, and so far they're they're paying dividends put it that way um but i, I want to talk about a, a surprise package right now that i want to hear your thoughts about them because i'm definitely i definitely have strong opinions west ham united west ham has been one of the most interesting teams this year obviously uh losing declan rice was a big blow to them but it seems like they've been coming out and holding their own so far this year remind me what is their record right now, West Ham? Are they three and one? Three wins, one draw. Three wins, one draw. Their, so. their one draw came against Bournemouth, and they beat Chelsea, Brighton, and Luton. Yeah, I mean, look, West Ham, they're another one of my... I'm going to whip out the stats. They're one of my big overperformers because they're going to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So, according to understats.com, they should be 11th right now based on expected points. That's a big jump. <laughs> They're fourth. They're fourth. And they've overperformed their expected points by four. Four, right? I have that right? Yeah, four. Four overperformance on expected points, which would put them at 11th. Just around where my boys Chelsea are right now. I'm not going to lie. It's not looking too weird for Chelsea either, but hey. We're not there yet. We're we're looking more at the top of the top half of the table right now, right? No bottom feeders like Chelsea, right? No bottom feeders like Chelsea. So West Ham out of the way. That's our fourth place team. But we f- we forgot about the other heavy hitter in the top four. Your boys. Well, they're not in the top four, but I think they're gonna finish in the top four. I think they're gonna win the league. Arsenal. But 
I, I do have something to say about Arsenal and so far, their current year so far, three wins, one draw. But I think the draw, it's going to be something that people look over now, but I think it's going to be crucial when you look back into their year and highlight the one game that cost them the league title. Up 2-1 late against Fulham. Fulham goes down a man. And I believe Arsenal was home that game. And a late goal by Fulham ties it up. And they split the points. So Arsenal dropping two points at home to Fulham was a huge, huge setback for the team, in my opinion, in the long run for the league title race. You know my thoughts on Arsenal. I think that they haven't looked that great. And I think that they're gonna continue to not look that great. I don't. Well, I agree with let, you on that. They've been uh, very slow into games and have been basically winning them at the very, very end, as we saw with Man U. I mean, listen, one can argue that they probably didn't deserve to win uh, win that game against Manchester United. Although they did win the XG battle, they did that that match. They definitely they definitely won the XG battle. So um, let's uh. Let's get that going with Arsenal because uh, I know you're you're high on your stocks for Arsenal, but I'm not so big on them. I still think that they'll finish. What did I put them at? Third? third. Put them at third, yeah. I think that's just about where they belong. So I'm going to keep that going. Yeah, I think I think they'll finish top two, but in terms of their league title race, I think that that draw to Fulham at home was uh, very a, a tough pill to swallow. Speaking of tough pills to swallow, uh, it's it's really tough watching my boy Billy Gilmore just ball it out with Brighton, who is our next team. I know I kind of went back and forth a little bit, but um, sixth place Brighton. Listen, Deserby balls in full swing right now. They're looking good. They're balling out. And my boy Billy Gilmore, the Scottish Chavi, he's he's doing his thing. He's playing great. Yep, Brighton playing some good ball to start the season. Uh, crushed Newcastle. Didn't even seem like they were playing the same sport. And then 4-1 against Luton, 4-1 against Wolves. The Irish Holland uh, striking again. <laughs> Chelsea's going to come in with a huge bid next summer, I right hear. $250 million. <laughs> Yo, come on. Brighton, whatever they're going to ask for Ferguson, it's at least 150 right? Easily. You would think. You would think, yeah. So Another team I want to touch on, though, they're way down in the... In the table, a team that did very well last year and we expected to do somewhat mm-hmm. decent again this year, somewhat of the same, is Newcastle. I think Newcastle's start to the season has been terrible, terrible. You know, they they have Champions League ball. They got drawn into a tough group. I think they're gonna have you know what the, these were the games that Newcastle needed to get three points, get a you know. Top of the table early on, so that even if they drop a a few points later in the season, it wouldn't hurt them as much. But you know, what is it? Three points through four games, and you would think during the Champions League games, midweek traveling, competitive games, that they're gonna they're gonna see some fatigue in those legs. The Champions League is going to be a big thing, and um, we're going to get into that in another episode when we do a little recap of the Champions League groups. But um, it cannot be understated just how much European football can take its toll on teams. And I think this is going to be a good test, not just of Newcastle, who we're highlighting right now, 
but other teams who are not quite used to being in Europe, like Arsenal, and um, well, in big European matches at least for Arsenal, but in all seriousness, Brighton and Aston Villa, I think that this is going to be a real test of them because European seasons are grueling. It's a lot of footy, and you're going to have to rely on your bench because players' bodies cannot handle that much football. We we know we've seen all the injuries that a lot of these big teams have have had to suffer from over the years. So, you know, it's it's already been a test for Newcastle and I I didn't have them in my top four and I actually think that by the time we get to the end of the year, and this isn't just me hopping on them now while they're down, I think that they won't even finish in the European places the way that it's looking. I mean, the way the teams are playing right now, can you see Newcastle finish in the European places? Um, I think they still could finish in the European places, but I think the Champions League places um, is a lot tougher. Looking at their schedule, looking at their first four games, huge win against Aston Villa looked very convincing, looking like they were having fun out there. One nothing to City away, losing can't can't make too much of that. But I think the the two one loss at home to Liverpool is crushing, and then obviously getting crushed by Brighton three one really uh, hurt them and set them back. And, I mean, you could argue that maybe they were, for most of the match, they were the better team against Liverpool. I mean, still, you have to you have to hold leads together. You have to scrape out wins, and they were so good. They were, they were up a man, too, for most of the game. Exactly, that, too. Last year, they were very good at scraping out wins, getting their results. I mean, so far, they're not able to get it. And you know what? Going back to the stats... The expected points table says that they're they're not too far off where they are, or they shouldn't be too far off where they are now. Their their expected points puts them at eleventh, and they're fourteenth right now. So it's not really we're not seeing any underlying metrics right now that tell us that oh they should have gotten a result where they did or they didn't. I mean, they're they're just about where they want to be or where they should be, not where they want to be, but where they should be. So Newcastle are definitely in trouble now. Now speaking of teams who are in trouble. Team, I think I think I'm gonna. You you want to you want teams that are in trouble. I think they're not in the relegation zone, but they're in a relegation battle. Is uh, I think your favorite team, Chelsea. (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm I'm gonna let you talk your talk, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna spit out some facts. But you you go ahead. I think their their footy does the talking for itself. It is terrible. I mean, they just beat up on Luton. How many? What's how did they start their season? <laughs> one win, one draw, two losses. They uh, they drew Liverpool first game of the year, and then lost to West Ham. That that was atrocious. And then just beat up on bumps, beat up on a a team that's expected to be relegated, and then lost one zero to Nottingham. Look, although Chelsea have not gotten the results to show for their play, they're already way better off in terms of output than they were last year um they're in the top three in most creative metrics and goal scoring chances and all that kind of stuff so they're playing much better than they did last season according to understat.com they shouldn't be what are they 12 12th they shouldn't be 12th they should be third um so massive you know that's that's my favorite line massive underperformance massive overperformance i think they're massively underperforming right now i don't think that they've played particularly poorly either do i hate the fact that ben Chilwell is playing left wing 
instead of left back? Do I hate the fact that Levi Colwell is playing left back instead of center back and Thiago Silva's at 39 years old is still starting as a center back? Even though I love Thiago Silva, he shouldn't be starting. I don't, I don't love all these things. So I think that Pochettino has a lot of work to do to grind out the results because right now the performances should be getting wins. And I think that every single game they've played so far, they could have won or taken points from maybe the West Ham game, even though I think that was kind of fluky. And again, I'm pretty sure they haven't lost any XG battles at all. I know that's not a you know an actual, can't get points for XG, but I don't think they've lost out on any of that so far. So I think they just, Pochettino's got to stop doing all this weird left back, left wing, center back stuff and just play his best team. Um, So I'm curious to see what happens after the international break because I think this will be the next, let's say, because we're four games in for Chelsea. I think the next six games will give you a better idea of what Chelsea season is going to look like. I, I think that they'll get higher up the table. I'm still not confident about top six. But I think that based on how they're playing, they should be higher than where they are. Uh, the last team I want to touch on is another big club that's in the bottom half of the table. Manchester United currently sitting in 11th. You want me to? You Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take the reins on Man U. Listen, <sighs> Man U, Man U. I think it's a little bit of a circus right now regarding uh, you know certain players, certain forwards, both of them lefty. I'm not going to go too much into that. One of them's on loan, although we were told he was released, I'm pretty sure. So that's a little fishy. Another one, we'll see what happens with him. But Manchester United overall, again, they're not getting the results. But the expected points table is telling us that they are just about where they should be. They're just about where they should be. A little bit better. They should be ninth instead of 11th. But they're not getting the results right now. They had that game against Arsenal, the last game. It looked like they were about to win the game 2-1. An offside VAR thing later, and and they lose the game 3-1. So that's footy for you, but I don't think they've played particularly well overall. I'm not crazy about some of the players that I think a lot of analysts and people kind of overrate. And the only shining light that I think for this Man U team that can really push them further up after the international break is I really like the look of uh, of Rasmus Hoyland. I, uh, I got a chance to see how he played in his little cameo. Got to see his touches after the fact also. And he he's a big boy. He's strong. He was bullying Gabriel as center back. He was bullying him. He's got pace to burn. I I think he could wind up being worth the 75 million that they paid for him because he looked he looked pretty good in his cameo uh i have a question you had you had manu finishing second this year in the prem do you still think they finish second i think there's a chance they could finish second i mean after after four games or after six games i believe chelsea was 10th that antonio conte season that they won the prem when they won on a 13-game winning streak or something like that, 13, 14 games, and they wound up winning the Prem. So anything can happen. Is my is my second-place pick looking good right now? No, it's not. But um, like like I was saying before, a little shining light is uh is Rasmus Hoyland. If if he could get himself going, I don't see why they can't climb up the table. 
I, I do agree with you, though, that Man U has been playing some shaky football. Nothing convincing. Both their losses this year came against other top six clubs. 2-0 to Tottenham, who's been playing very well. And uh, 3-1 to Arsenal, which Arsenal has been, hasn't been has been looking too great this year. But their uh, two wins came against Nottingham Forest, 3-2. And then the first game of the year against Wolves, where they they stole the three points after Onana committed assault in his... Uh, penalty box oh you didn't you didn't know that onana could punch people in the head i i didn't know that's new new to me you can do that if um if you're wearing a manchester united uh jersey or kit you can you can do that i can't believe you didn't know that i i didn't i didn't but i found out after the the first game (laughs) well i think that's probably our key stuff in regards to Teams maybe that we were big on, except for Chelsea. Teams that we were big on um, for the season. Right now, though, fun fact, as we're filming this, um, the bottom three in the Premier League are as follows. It is, and Dimitri's going to be really happy about this one, Burnley, Luton Town, and Everton. Now, if you guys remember when we did our top six and relegation predictions... Your boy Dimitri, he uh, he picked Burnley, Luton, and Everton. Not exactly in that order. I believe it was Everton, Burnley, Luton, right? Correct. Or, no, or was it Burnley, Everton? No, Everton, Burnley, Burnley Luton. Luton. Yep. In that order. So his relegation picks are, are looking good right now. You guys, you you guys should have uh, hopped on the juicy bandwagon for the relegation picks because they are looking good right now. So far. The bottom half of the table looks basically how it should, right? I mean, we have Burnley in 20th. We have Luton in 19th, Everton in 18th, Sheffield United, who, after the fact, Dimitri and I are like, why did none of us pick Sheffield United for our relegation pick? Because it seemed like a no-brainer. I feel like we almost forgot about them or something. you got 16th Bournemouth, 15th Wolverhampton Wanderers, which, bro, I don't know about you, but I saw their lineup first match of the season, and I was like, this this is the lineup of a team that is getting relegated at the end of the year. <laughs> I'm going to stand by that. They even sold the uh, potence, so some of their depth. So Olympiacos, Olympiacos, baby. So, look, the, the teams on the bottom part of the table are basically what we would have expected. 14th, we did mention Newcastle, which we're surprised about, but 13th, Fulham, and then 12th, where they should be, right, Chelsea? Uh, I think they should be lower, but pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's that's just about where where we should be. So that is that's the Premier League table. But we're not just going to talk to you about the Premier League table because we're going to talk about Dimitri's favorite part of the Premier League season, where he likes to talk about his little. Um, I'm going to call it an agenda. Let's look at the. Uh, the golden boot race so far in the Premier League. Uh, you want to you want to let me know who's uh, who's in first place for the golden boot race? Uh, I don't I don't have any agenda, uh, but I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the season, while Harry Kane was still at Tottenham before he left for Bayern, I said that I'm, I was a firm believer that Holland was going to win the golden boot race again. And when Harry Kane left, I think that solidified my position, increased the likelihood of Holland securing the golden boot. And I think that's going to be the case this year as well as it was last year. But you do hate Erling Holland. Well, that's in all 
I don't hate him. That's a strong word, but that's all comps where uh, he doesn't show up in big semifinal finals games and, you know, have nothing wrong with him in the, in the Premier League. You know, he's going out there doing what he does. But in tournaments, I would say like the Champions League where the, the big games are, he ha- doesn't show up as other big, big players have in recent years. Messi, Ronaldo, Mbappe, those sorts of players. Well, I'm going to read a little bit of uh, an interesting little news piece that I that I saw on Twitter. Fabrizio Romano, he uh, he tweeted out that uh, allegedly Erling Holland slid into Dimitri's girlfriend's DMs. So I think that might actually <laughs> be the reason why Dimitri has an agenda against uh, <laughs> against Erling Holland. Listen, don't don't shoot the messenger, okay? I'm just reading a Fabrizio tweet. So that's probably why uh, that tweet got noted. Community noted. <laughs> Community noted. <laughs> but it's it is looking good for Erling Holland right now. Um, another person who's looking very good right now. Shall we talk about him? The Irish Holland, Evan Ferguson. Yep, three goals against Newcastle, crushed them. Oh no, those were all oh, what was bangers. It, the third one was a banger. Uh, I, I honestly, they're kind of all bangers, but yeah, they were crushing them. He he's looking. I mean, look, he looked good. Last year, um, I know a lot of uh, Twitter pages, not just um, like general Twitter pages, but also like pages of like Chelsea people that I follow are huge on Evan Ferguson. So he's looking good. He's I really like him. I he's probably a future 150 million pound striker, easily. Where do you think he goes? He's not staying at Brighton. I don't care what people say. The Brighton. Eventually, this project will fall. I know I'm going to eat my words now, right? But um, eventually, I think the Brighton project will kind of go back down to where it was. But for now, they're looking good. I just where, where could he? Where do you see him going? Maybe a Man U? Uh, not quite sure yet. Still, kind of early to tell. Arsenal, because you you can't see them believing in R nine, right? It's it's tough to see where to say where he goes from now, but uh. You would expect he does have a a move in the near future. Evan Ferguson, I, I'm I, I really I like the idea of um of Arsenal. I don't obviously Holland is gonna be a city for the foreseeable future. Um Manchester United just put in a lot of money into Hoyland unless they decide that he's not actually a striker. So I think Arsenal is like the only the only other option. Maybe Newcastle if they actually turn their season around and they like keep being rich and being good but i'm gonna go with arsenal definitely not chelsea because i think chelsea have just about had it with brighton right i mean i don't i don't they're gonna go back i mean if they're looking to get robbed maybe i mean i don't don't, wouldn't you say at 150 million he's worth it uh with with these transfer fees and this transfer market uh, it might be worth it it might not 150 million plus is a lot of money so we'll have to see we don't have to worry about that right now right now he's balling out he's doing his thing so we're gonna we're gonna let him rock um and i kind of i just kind of want to round things out with um with another two people oh and and i forgot to talk about my favorite team other than chelsea who you know i've been hyping up lately um we got brian Embuemo and taiwo awoni who is an absolute beast. He was a handful against Chelsea for Nottingham Forest. 
I think he's going to wind up having a great season. I believe he was the first African player aside or the first African player ever to score in seven consecutive games. I'm pretty sure. He's a Nigerian international. It was either he was the first one or he's tied with like Salah and someone else or maybe Salah and like Drogba for scoring seven in seven consecutive games. He's a beast. He's built like a fridge. He's he's an absolute beast. Have you gotten a chance to look at him at all? I uh, haven't gotten the chance, but uh, they've been playing well. They've been playing well to uh, start the season. Nottingham Forest, two fun fact, are owned by a Greek shipping magnate named Evangelos Marinakis. Evangelos Marinakis, yeah, just like that. That's that's probably how we should have said it, right? He's a he's a Greek shipping magnate. Um, he does a lot of other fun stuff too. But uh, he owns Olympiakos in Greece, who are, you know, a normal team in Europe. They used to be a lot in the Champions League now, not as much, mostly Europa League. They're the best, most successful team in Greece, although I do not support them as a Greek team. They definitely are the most successful. And he also owns Nottingham Forest, and he is the owner who brought them to the promised land from, you know, the depths of the EFL to the Premier League. And he's been sending them, he's been spending the money. He's been putting his money where his mouth is. He's been spending good money. They had a monster deadline day. They signed seven players over the last two days, including Tavares from Arsenal. They got... Um, Matt Turner. Matt Turner. They got Vlahovimos, which is the starting keeper for Greece. They also got um, Andre Santos on loan from Chelsea and one of the center defensive midfielders who I'm big on. That's Ibrahim Sangare, who I think is going to be a baller. If any of you are into like TIFO football or any of those like nerdy stat soccer slash football pages, he's a he's a big player who a lot of the uh, a lot of the journalists on the channel, a lot of the guys on the channel love. It's almost like a meme. So Ibrahim Sangare, you you remember that name because I think he's gonna ball out for Nottingham Forest. My hot take before we close out this episode is that Nottingham Forest will be a top half of the table team by the end of the year. I think that uh, Marinaki's building something special over there in Nottingham. They they did start off well. They've also had competitive results in all four of their games. Three out of their first four games were against big six clubs, losing 2-1 to Arsenal, beating Brentford, and then losing 3-2 to Man U, and, you know, taking that win against Chelsea. That they did, although I, that's another game that I think Chelsea probably deserved to win based on how they played. But you know what? At the end of the day... Results matter. Results matter. That's absolutely right. And putting the ball in the back of the net matters. And with the scores at the end of the game matters. Not what teams should have won or the XG or expected points or any of that. All that matters is the points that you have. So on that note, that wraps us up for our roundup of the Premier League so far. Where for most teams four games in a few have three games in um any other closing words for you juicy no closing words for me this kid's lazy he doesn't want to do any work but other than that um this was another episode episode five of the line breaker my name is pano i'm dimitri aka juicy and we're out of here